Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and welcome to the BG Podcast. Our guest today is Jason Giulietti, the president of the Greater San Marcos Partnership, or GSMP. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate you having me. Pleasure to be here. All right. Well, you know, again, we we're talking before the show. Um, we're looking to the firm, and just uh, as we have more of these discussions with you know, uh, with uh, with uh, guests in the Austin Metro, it's looking um, really at the growth of kind of the San, greater San Marcos area. Obviously, you're really involved in that. And um, you know, as the as as I guess as the I-35 corridor grows, wanting to get a sense of um, kind of what your entity does and its role in that in that. So before we get to that part though, I want to let people know a little bit about you. I know you recently, I think earlier this month, what two weeks ago, it was announced you were um as the as full-time president of these of the uh the partnership. That's right. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah, my, my, my journey came, I came down to, to Texas in end of 2018, uh, have been in economic development virtually my entire life, and, uh, and literally came down here on business a year prior and just uh, fell in love with the region, mm-hmm. and uh, the opportunity arose to, to come down and join the, the Greater San Marcos Partnership. I, I, uh, I, myself and the family jumped on it, so we moved here end of 2018. I've been with the partnership uh, since January of 19. And literally, I've spent the last uh, year plus now uh, working to help attract businesses to the region, helping to grow our economy in the region. Uh, when I say region, it's everything from from Austin all the way down to San Antonio uh, to collaborate there and bring business, bring jobs, grow our economic situation and help our residents uh, become better employed and, and bring high quality employers. But with that, um, over the last year, I've had the pleasure of working with some great folks on the team. One of those was Adriana Cruz. Adriana is now uh, the head of economic development for the state of Texas. So uh, incredible time getting to spend with her. Uh, she would, moved into that role at the governor's request at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that time, the, the board asked me to jump in and step in as interim. And then I went through the process to, uh, to try to get the role permanently and, and had the pleasure of being named, as you mentioned, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And, uh, and yeah, looking forward to, to leading the organization through what's going to be some incredible growth over the next several years. Yeah. And Jason, I think, it's, you know, you raise a point with just with your predecessors move to the state that, um, you know, one of the things that I experienced early in my career in the lobby side was um, seeing how much economic development, the tie in between the state office, the state, uh, the state entities that work with it and the local, re, you know, where's it, or local city and county and private kind of public private public private partnership uh, entities that factor into it. Right. Like I think people right. think of uh, like in your, anything in, in, in your area, the Amazon, right. Footprint. Sure. It, it's no not doubt. just, or it's not just a, uh, it wasn't just a city of San Marcos. It was a package kind of deal where you have incentives from San Marcos, um, from Hayes County, from the state as well. And usually outside in, and this is, you know, I'm probably speaking, this is your world. Let, let me know <laughs> if I have it right. But Entities, you know, that are looking for, you know, site selection, those kind of things, like to see, I mean, it's helpful to have a, unif- a unified approach, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I'll share the, the Greater San Marcos Partnership is a two-county economic development organization. So we represent all the communities within Hayes County and Caldwell County. Uh, some we represent purely on their behalf. Others, we collaborate with our local partners. 
Uh, we are the county contractors as well. So we work on behalf of each county to attract those projects. Uh, we are a public-private partnership, as you mentioned, and I think it's important to highlight that you know, we really look to ensure that our private sector partners uh, that put up their resources to help us do what we do to grow our region um, alongside our government partners uh, that have put in resources to make this happen. You know, the nexus of why we were created was essentially, you know, all these uh, small communities could only have so much of an impact by doing economic development on their own. So the partnership was born right now about 10 years ago mm -hmm. to really leverage all the resources collectively and have a much larger impact in making sure the world knows who we are and making sure that we are attracting the type of projects that are going to grow our communities, you know, that don't have the benefit of being a massive city like an Austin or a San Antonio or a Dallas. Uh, but we have tremendous assets. We're incredibly well located. And uh, today we, we are very strong in that we have over 140 private sector investors alongside our public partners. So really excited. And like you said, regionalism and the approach of collaboration, be that with the Austin Chamber, be that with uh, the groups along the corridor, it is ultimately so important to show companies and show economic development prospects that, you know, we do view this holistically and we're all in it together as a team. Mm -hmm. And for those who may not be familiar with the region, when I mentioned the I-35 corridor, what it's really looking at is, it's the, it's I-35 South, it's the, the, the highway, the stretch of highway between linking Austin to the city of San Antonio. And for those who have you know, been in Austin for maybe the last 30 years, remember, as Jason and I were talking before the show, that was very rural. And once you got outside the city, Austin, Austin city limits, maybe once you hit uh, New Braunfels and go to Slitterbahn, and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> onward, onward, back to Slitterbahn back in the day, and then onward to San Antonio is, is still, um, you know, pretty, uh, you know, small, a small town vibe. And if you drive down this corridor probably the last 10 years or so, maybe a little longer, you will see so much development growth from both sides coming from the amount of development or really look at, I guess, the desire for affordable housing rather um, from both zones. And it's just, if you kind of, had, if you had like an aerial map of it over the last 50 years, you see the, from the San Antonio Metro and the Austin Metro, both sides coming north and south, getting closer and closer to an almost a Dallas-Fort Worth situation maybe in the next, you know, 20, 30 years. I think well, that's right. And you're, you're spot on because when you think about what, we have had experienced Hayes County itself uh, right now. When you look at counties with a population of above 150,000, I got to say that because there's some smaller counties in South Dakota that are growing faster. But end of the day, with a population above 150,000 residents, Hayes County is the fastest growing in the country. So you have an incredible amount of growth happening in Hayes County, um, which is spilling over into Caldwell County and certainly to our north in, in Austin and to our south in San Antonio and the communities along there are growing equally as fast. And as that happens, this region is becoming, and will be certainly, I think in the short order, one mega economic region in the country, uh, given you'll have these, these cities that are gonna continue to grow, if not double in population over the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. Alongside that, you have what you shared is, you know, we have costs right now that is on our side. We have affordable housing, we have a great quality of life that exists here, uh, that folks can come raise a family and earn a decent living. Uh, without feeling like they're strapped. So by having that and offering these, these high quality jobs we're attracting to the region, it, it really is a desirable place for young people as well as retirees, quite honestly, to be. So it's a, it's a good blend. Um, I will share one anecdote when I got down here, meeting with the city of Kyle and their leadership. Uh, they shared a story that 10 years ago, you know, they celebrated their first traffic light and 9,000 <laughs> residents. 
And you know what? Today, they're going to they're gonna be in the census as one of the fastest growing cities in the country because they're over 50,000 people. Uh, you know, it's, that, it's amazing to see that level of growth. But, you know, you, you drive through now, as you mentioned, you go down 35 and you look at what's happening in Kyle. I mean, we just brought a project there working with, with Kyle team that's going to bring over a thousand jobs in one company into the city of Kyle. So it is, it's amazing to see what's happening. And that's what makes me so excited about doing this work is that you know, we're in the epicenter of this growth. <laughs> yeah. And so along those lines too, uh, you know, we have um, a good amount of folks listening listen to the show that are in the development space, the real estate space. As you know, obviously 20 years ago doing business or building something might be different than now given population density and just the amount of growth there. What have you seen um, in terms of uh, at least, you know, you've been here, you've been, you know, in San Marcos for a little time now, but yeah. in terms of the, I guess the business environment there, the regulatory environment um, for development, right? I mean, obviously I think single family homes, a lot of that, um, but just as those areas, as you know, kind of those regions, I mean, you look at like, I look at Williams County, Williams County too, just North of Austin yeah. are looking to develop kind of more, more urban, urban projects, right? So, you know, mini towers and those kind of things becoming true city centers in and of themselves. Are you seeing, um, you know, a design, I mean, I'm sure there's a tug for people who, you know, oh, who don't want that, but what is the regulatory environment right now um, in, you know, down in San Marcos and Hayes, Hayes Caldwell County for those kind of projects on the sure. horizon? Sure. So I, I will share that our communities, our county leadership and our, our community leadership on the government side are, have really, embraced this growth in a good way, right? We want to make sure that it's, that's, it's quality and it's controlled growth, but at the same point, embracing that we are a destination for people to relocate and come here for jobs or, or for economic opportunity. So as we do that, we're finding more and more uh, projects are finding it incredibly easy to build buildings and get off the ground. Large scale manufacturing, for example, is something that we're finding is a sweet spot right now for our region. Uh, and we've also branded our corridor the Innovation Corridor. Uh, we, we look at what's happening here. We found out that uh, when we look at our, just our patent activity, for example, in, in the region, we're 10 times that of the, the state of Texas. So it is amazing that there's a lot of innovation happening here. So you're getting these innovative companies that are scaling companies that are growing and need large production facilities um, and R&D facilities coming to our region because it's easy to operate. Uh, it's easy to go through the process and get your uh, property zoned accordingly. A lot of cases, the communities have been proactive and make and pre-approving a slew of different uses, so developers and businesses can come in, essentially submit their plans and move through the process. And our leadership has also recognized the importance of when needed, you know, is financial assistance. Um, we recognize that we're we're willing to do that at a county and a city level, which does make us a little unique in the state. So. They get it, they understand it, and what we're showing them is we're bringing them quality projects that bring better paying jobs for our residents. So all about it and, and our leadership uh, at all levels right now is really focused on this and really wanting to continue to see the growth. Yeah, and again, the point, I wanna raise the point too, because I don't think people realize, um, I kind of outside in that, I mean, even, you know, states compete for jobs and, and, and you know, and companies come in there and, you know, on down to cities and counties too, right? And you know, it, you know, it definitely, I think for, for communities like yours that are proactive, it, it, it is enticing to companies, especially just, you know, I mean, broadly, I think a lot of, a lot of firm, firms from California are relocating to Texas, um, 
it seems in mass, you know, even before all this was going on, just because of, I mean, just because the overall state's regulatory environment, but within that too, it's still, you know, a matter of proximity, right? You know, we have people, I mean, I think Dallas, the, the DFW area has like a good amount of growth going there, but that's right. A firm, a lot, but a lot of firms are coming here too. It's, you know, it's again, it's around the Austin Metro and, you know, your County is growing, it's, you know, Hayes County is booming. So it's Caldwell and then Williamson County too. Just that's right. Austin are both, like this whole Metro, I think is a great magnet overall um, for that. And then how, I'm curious too. So just, I mean, even though San Antonio, you know, it's about 90 minutes, maybe an hour from y'all. Um, are you seeing any interaction with the regional bodies there? Kind of, again, looking 20 years down the line about what's coming and how can we as a, as a, you know, a kind of a, I guess, I know, I forgot the term, it was used in the book, like a, a super region come yep. together, right? The same yep. way we have like the, the DFW area. That's right. That's right. And you're, you're spot on. So, so when I, I'll go back to that innovation corridor uh, brand that we've created, it, that was actually created by Tex, the president of Texas State University, UTSA's president, and UT's president, kind of looking at what, what was going on in our region and saying, how do we connect all of this? Well, we have three major academic institutions in those three communities as well. So harnessing their input and what they're doing to train the next generation of the workforce alongside with this growth kind of naturally came together to create this, this vision. So we've been working very collaboratively with the Austin Chamber and now really partnering with those communities beyond our footprint in San Antonio and along the corridor uh, that are not part of the partnership at this point, but saying, look, we've done this on a scale. We've been growing to collectively, you know, share the message and, and uniformly attract projects. So we're, we're having those conversations every day. I'm extremely open to these conversations because I do believe we will be one mega economic region that will be incredibly difficult for other parts of the country, even other parts of the world to compete with because of the unique mix of population we'll have and continue to see in the growth and then the continued costs. I mean, we there's a lot of other parts of the country, like you mentioned, California, I would say the Northeast, um, some other parts of uh, Illinois potentially that are high cost regions and businesses are looking at this saying, we can't afford to continue to operate here. We're not finding the talent come here. There's not a desirable place. You know, our region is a place that, that young people want to be. Uh, talent wants to come to because they can't afford to, to make a good quality of life for themselves. And also keeping those college students as they graduate from these uh, major institutions, uh, Texas State for us, just given they're, they're sitting at the front door of, of San Marcos, we want them to stay in our region. We want them to see opportunity here versus looking elsewhere. So all of that collectively really just positions us so well right now, but also for the next you know, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Texas State, I think people forget um, it's because, you know, it's a lot of schools are in the region might be in UT, in the University of Texas, Austin, Shadow. But how, I mean, Texas State's po- student population is significant. So, yeah, Texas State is the fifth largest. They teeter between fifth and fourth largest in the state. So they are uh, an enrollment of just shy of 40,000 students. Um, so there's a huge line share that live right here in our communities. Uh, so we had a cool vibe. We have a, a kind of that college town feel in San Marcos, uh, which is great because it brings an energy to it and, and a uniqueness to it. But it also breeds upon our neighboring communities in Kyle, Buda, uh, into Caldwell County and Lockhart, who are now becoming destinations for those graduates to come live because they're affordable and they can still enjoy the lifestyle they have and live in and buy a home at a very reasonable price. But yeah, Texas State has been an incredible asset for us and will continue to be. The growth they're making and the directions they're going, specialties they've created over the last several years to kind of, you know, look at 
look at what UT is doing and saying, I don't want to duplicate it. I want to create my own unique space um, and put out uh, students that are going to serve the next gener generation of the workforce for this segment. And that's what we as economic developers love because it only allows us another tool in the toolkit to, uh, to make our region more unique and, and more impactful. You know, and Jason, and I agree with those, uh, this, this last week, just kind of with our, our more um, self-isolating environment we're in, right, I had more time yeah. to think about the future, kind of just the region and, you know, tying in the business. Are you seeing, what do you, just in your sector of things, where are you, where are you seeing the future growth at in terms of uh, economic development for the region? So I, I really, I see what, what we've attracted in terms of some of the recent project wins we've had in our community and this concept of innovation and this concept of kind of the next generation of advanced manufacturing. Call it industry 4.0, smart manufacturing, kind of the next gen is where I see our communities really being able to shine. Um, we, we're producing a workforce, again, at Texas State, but also with, with Austin Community College and what they're able to provide for us and what our ISDs are doing at a local level, all align extremely well with, with attracting that next gen of smart manufacturing. You know, they're, they're producing products that are going to be what we as an economy are going to base our backbone on. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be those uh, smart materials. It's going to be batteries that are going to run almost everything uh, as, we, as we try to steer away from, from, the, uh, from natural gas and, and from traditional uh, oil and gas. Yes, they're still important and they'll be there, but I think as we innovate and as the economy continues to diversify itself, we're positioned incredibly well to attract those material science companies, uh, next generation of aviation, uh, defense industry, and what's happening you know, in San Antonio and now in Austin with Army Futures Command. The innovation is gonna continue to breed itself in our region, and we wanna be the place where they produce it. I think that's that's where we're going to be able to differentiate ourselves, and and it plays incredibly well to what Austin and San Antonio are doing. Austin being a, a mecca for technology, a lot of those products now are being turned into actual products, not just technology, but into a, a physical unit. And that's where we can come in and, and make sure that we're advancing those products and creating those products right here in Central Texas. Yeah, one of the things, Jason, too, you know, talking about the linkage between Austin and San Antonio, that I'm sure you've You've uh, heard a lot about um, at least going from Dallas to Fort Worth, or I'm sorry, Houston to Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth. It's uh, the idea of high-speed rail. Of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think for a lot of folks, I mean, you know, I, obviously that 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 discussion predates you. I mean, I'm sure it's been going on for a number for a number of for decades. You know, Never, I'm sure. <laughs> um, do you do you you know? And there, I mean, as we're seeing now with the kind of the, the continual drive of uh, trying to get a high-speed rail line going between the Houston Metro and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've, you had, you've, again, those talks from about the linkage between Austin and San Antonio have predated you. And I'm sure you've heard those now in your new role. Um, what do you see as impediments to that for people who aren't familiar with getting that done, right? Because it's not as simple as just laying down the rail and going. Right. Beyond, beyond the governmental hurdles of having to deal with several, mis several municipalities, cities, and counties. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, I think, I think it, it in so many ways makes so much sense. And honestly, it would be such a game changer for us. But I think our challenge is that our communities have grown up, you know, very quickly over the last, you know, 15 years or so. And as they've done that, it's be it, the real estate that it just takes to be able to get the right of ways to be able to put in something like that have, are becoming ever so more difficult every day because a new company is investing a new, a new uh, 
development is being built and it, it takes away our ability to do that. So I think it's, it's really getting creative and how do we do that and how do we get there? And then ultimately, how are we going to pay for it? Right? Cause that is the, the longer we wait, the more expensive it gets. And the numbers I hear are just, you know, mind blowingly expensive, not to mention, even if we started tomorrow, you know, you're looking at such a long time horizon for something like this to ever come online. So it, it's going to take a lot of political will. It's going to take a lot of capital. Um, it certainly would be in our best interest to do that because I-35, as all of us know that are listening, and you and I, AJ, for sure, uh, know the struggles that it that it is to get in and out of Austin alone, let alone San Antonio. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, even on weekends. You know, that's right. That's right. You just you, you gotta, never know. You gotta, plan for it. you gotta plan for that thirty minutes, you know, to get in, and get out. It's it's just, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. So we we need to we need to think creatively because if we don't, you know, all this growth is going to eventually stranglehold us if we if we can't solve some of our transportation issues. Mm-hmm. And Jason, so I want to I want to wrap up with you talking about uh, Vision Twenty Twenty. Sure. That's about what that, what that initiative is from the uh, from the partnership and. Uh, we looking to achieve from there. No, thank you. So, so we are uh, an organization driven by strategy. Uh, so we engaged uh, five years ago now uh, a group called Market Street Services out of Georgia who helped us define what we call as our regional roadmap for economic development. And what it does is it was a, a process where we engaged our investors and our partners at the government leadership uh, and our private sector partners to generate a plan that plan is just at coming to conclusion now, but it defined our roadmap of industries, what we were targeting, how we'd help the workforce, how we'd help housing, everything that touches economic development. So we've orchestrated that plan. We've audited ourselves throughout those five years to ensure we were on target and ultimately achieved the line share of those of those projects. And we're in process right now of Vision 2025. So we have engaged over 100 stakeholders uh, of our investors, our government leaders, our regional partners, our state leadership to be part of steering committees that are helping define for us what the next five years will look like. What are those industries? What are the challenges? What are the impediments? And also, where are the opportunities for us? And we use this as really our guiding document uh, to make sure that we stay focused. Uh, we're targeting the right industries that we know our workforce will be there, making sure our workforce assets are, are there, and then also alignment with what we were just talking about, things like transportation, making sure that that is in line with what our capacity is to, to support it. What are some of the underutilized assets in our region? For example, SH-130, uh, amazing highway that runs parallel to 35 mm-hmm. uh, for most of our region. How do we leverage the growth there? Right, There's tremendous land right alongside that highway that's untapped. So this uh, Vision 2025 is the next iteration of our strategy, and we're hoping to get this wrapped up by sometime around June of this year. This obviously a uh, little hiccup in the, in the process delayed us a little bit here, but yeah. certainly we've made a lot of progress thus far and certainly uh, look to be done uh, by around the June of 2020 mark. So we'll have a brand new five-year plan and uh, going to be excited to roll that out and, and get to work. Yeah. And Jason, too, may have brought a point just about our current situation. So we're recording this. It's March. 24th and i know uh you know city of austin is expected around noon today to in travis county declare shelter in place as are following suit with dallas county and san antonio Bear yep. county um do you i mean even you know we're all kind of i guess adjusting to this new new normalization right for everything from having virtual council meetings uh and there you know even virtual you know more more remote and virtual conversations and business being done do you you know what kind of impact, I mean, it's happening kind of real time. 
do you think this will have in, in the long term of the region? You know, and I caveat by saying, you know, I've been in Austin most of my life. I've seen, uh, you know, we we typically once the up kind of the cycles come around, we're one of the first cities to recover, right? The region is right. Um, but yep. what are your this, your pontifications on that? Because I mean, it's it's kind of happening daily, so there may not be a concrete answer, but just you know, your your thoughts and the impact to the region. Uh, where we are now relative to really your colleagues in different parts of the country. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we, we have a, an interesting mix here in that we have a lot of folks in the hospitality industry. You know, we thrive not only on our, our anchor institutions and our primary sector employers, but a lot of those secondary sector, which are those hospitality, those retail, uh, those restaurants, those bars. Uh, a lot of our region has a lion's share of those businesses that really help us as a backbone. So uh, that is where we're seeing the biggest impact right now. Um, I'm on the phone almost every day with our county leadership, our city leadership across the two counties talking about this. Uh, We've centralized our operations to help support those businesses and getting them the right information from the federal government and the state government. And end of the day, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is how quickly can we get back online once this, this storm does weather? Uh, because it is so critical for us. I mean, we're we're home to one of the largest outlet malls in the country that right now are ghost town. Yeah, that is, that is scary, right? To yeah. see that many people that are employed there out of work. Uh, so we're we're trying to kind of look at this and say, look, we how quickly can we scale? Uh, the business owners I have spoken to that are in those industries are really getting very creative on how they can keep their workforce uh, busy. But if they have to uh, reduce those hours, what other options are there for them? And they're really trying to be as, as uh, helpful as they can to those folks, recognizing how important they are to them. And when this does get back online, um, I know they want to go full steam ahead. So for me, that's the biggest fear is just uh, such a strong part of, of our fabric in our region here, uh, all the way through Austin and San Antonio, because of what we attract for tourism, but also kind of the college towns and all that breeds off of that is a big part of this industry that's, that's hit the most right now. So it's hard to say, but end of the day, I'm just hoping that we can, we can scale back as quickly as we did before uh, and even stronger. Mm-hmm. And you're right. So the, the San Marcos premium outlets, people for people, I, I didn't realize this, maybe it's an urban legend, but that, that outlet mall got more uh, tourist traffic than Alamo. Yeah, no, it is amazing how many people <laughs> you want to go near that place on a, on a, a Friday through a Sunday because you can't get in. It's that no, busy. and there there are buses from people like you know people kind of families from Mexico Mexico coming up here for it. I mean, oh, yeah, that they, big. They, they make their announcements, uh, you know, about specials and stuff in five languages every mm-hmm. day through like every hour. So it just gives you a scope to you to your point that how many people are coming here from all over the world for mm-hmm. those outlets. <laughs> Well, Jason Giulietti, president of the Greater St. Marcus Partnership, thank you for your time. Uh, wish you and your family uh, you know, health through all this. And I look forward to uh, making formal in-person introductions uh, on the other side. AJ, thank you so much. Same to you. Hopefully everything stay safe, hunker down, and uh, we'll get through this. But thanks for the opportunity. I uh, look forward to, to talking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.